0: Book One, Chapters Eleven and Twelve of the Wars of the Jews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Wars of the Jews by Josephus, translated by William Whiston. Book One, Chapters Eleven and Twelve. Chapter Eleven. Herod is made procurator of all Syria, Malichus is afraid of him, and takes Antipater off by poison, whereupon the tribunes of the soldiers are prevailed with to kill him. 1. There was at this time a mighty war raised among the Romans upon the sudden and treacherous slaughter of Caesar by Cassius and Brutus, after he had held the government for three years and seven months. Footnote In the Antiquities, the duration of the reign of Julius Caesar is three years, six months, but here, three years, seven months, beginning nightly, says Dean Aldrich, from his second dictatorship. It is probable the real duration might be three years, and between six and seven months. End footnote. Upon this murder there were very great agitations, and the great men were mightily at difference one with another, and every one betook himself to that party where they had the greatest hopes of their own of advancing themselves. Accordingly Cassius came into Syria, in order to receive the forces that were at Apamia, where he procured a reconciliation between Bassus and Marcus, and the legions which were at difference with him. So he raised the siege of Apamia, and took upon him the command of the army, and went about exacting tribute of the cities and demanding their money to such a degree as they were not able to bear. 2. So he gave command that the Jews should bring in seven hundred talents, whereupon Antipater, out of his dread of Cassius's threats, parted the raising of the sum among his sons, and among others of his acquaintance, and to be done immediately. And among them he required one Malichus, who was at enmity with him, to do his part also, which necessity forced him to do. Now Herod, in the first place, mitigated the passion of Cassius by bringing his share out of Galilee, which was a hundred talents, on which account he was in the highest favour with him. And when he reproached the rest for being tardy, he was angry at the cities themselves. So he made slaves of Gophna and Emmaus, and two others of less note. Nay, he proceeded as if he would kill Malichus, because he had not made greater haste in exacting his tribute. But Antipater prevented the ruin of this man, and of the other cities, and got into Cassius's favour by bringing in a hundred talents immediately. Footnote. It appears evidently by Josephus's accounts, both here and in his antiquities, that this Cassius, one of Caesar's murderers, was a bitter oppressor and exactor of tribute in Judea. These seven hundred talents amount to about three hundred thousand pounds sterling, and are about half the yearly revenues of King Herod afterwards. It also appears that Galilee then paid no more than one hundred talents, or the seventh part of the entire sum to be levied in all the country. End footnote. 3. However, when Cassius was gone, Malichus forgot the kindness that Antipater had done him, and laid frequent plots against him that had saved him, as making haste to get him out of the way, who was an obstacle to his wicked practices. But Antipater was so much afraid of the power and cunning of the man, that he went beyond Jordan, in order to get an army to guard himself against his treacherous designs. But when Malichus was caught in his plot, he put upon Antipater's sons by his impudence. For he thoroughly deluded Versalius, who was the guardian of Jerusalem, and Herod, who was entrusted with the weapons of war, and this by a great many excuses and oaths, and persuaded them to procure his reconciliation to his father. Thus he was preserved again by Antipater, who dissuaded Marcus, the then president of Syria, from his resolution of killing Malichus on account of his attempts for innovation. 4. Upon the war between Cassius and Brutus on one side, against the young Caesar, Augustus, and Antony on the other, Cassius and Marcus got together an army out of Syria, and because Herod was likely to have a great share in providing necessaries, they then made him procurator of all Syria, and gave him an army of foot and horse. Cassius promised him also, that after the war was over, he would make him king of Judea. But it so happened that the power and hopes of his son became the cause of his perdition, for as Malichus was afraid of this, he corrupted one of the king's cupbearers with money to give a poisoned potion to Antipater. So he became a sacrifice to Malichus's wickedness, and died at a feast. He was a man in other respects active in the management of affairs, and one that recovered the government to Hyrcanus and preserved it in his hands. However, Malichus, when he was suspected of poisoning Antipater, and when the multitude was angry with him for it, denied it, and made the people believe he was not guilty. He also prepared to make a greater figure, and raised soldiers, for he did not suppose that Herod would be quiet, who indeed came upon him with an army presently, in order to avenge his father's death. But upon hearing the advice of his brother Phasalius not to punish him in an open manner lest the multitude should fall into a sedition he admitted of Malachas' apology and professed that he cleared him of that suspicion. He also made a pompous funeral for his father. So Herod went to Samaria which was then in a tumult and settled the city in peace after which at the Pentecost festival he returned to Jerusalem having his armed men with him Hereupon Hyrcanus, at the request of Malichus, who feared his reproach, forbade them to introduce foreigners to mix themselves with people of the country while they were purifying themselves. But Herod despised the pretense, and him that gave that command, and came in by night, upon which Malichus came to him and bewailed Antipater. Herod also made him believe, he admitted of his lamentations as real, although he had much ado to restrain his passion at him. However, he did himself bewail the murder of his father in his letters to Cassius, who on other accounts also hated Malichus. Cassius sent him word back that he should avenge his father's death upon him, and privately gave orders to the tribunes that were under him, that they should assist Herod in a righteous action he was about. 7. And because, upon the taking of Laodicea by Cassius, the men of power were gotten together from all quarters, with presents of crowns in their hands, Herod allotted this time for the punishment of Malichus. When Malichus suspected that, and was at Tyre, he resolved to withdraw his son privately from among the Tyrians, who was a hostage there, while he got ready to fly away into Judea. The despair he was in of escaping excited him to think of greater things, for he hoped that he should raise the nation to a revolt from the Romans, while Cassius was busy about the war against Antony, and that he should easily depose Hyrcanus, and get the crown for himself. 8. But fate laughed at the hopes he had, for Herod foresaw what he was so zealous about, and invited both Hyrcanus and him to supper. But calling one of the principal servants that stood by him to him, he sent him out, as though it were to get things ready for supper, but in reality to give notice beforehand about the plot that was laid against him. Accordingly they called to mind what orders Cassius had given them, and went out of the city with their swords in their hands upon the seashore, where they encompassed Malichus round about, and killed him with many wounds. Upon which Hyrcanus was immediately affrighted, till he swooned away and fell down at the surprise he was in, and it was with difficulty that he was recovered, when he asked who it was that killed Malichus, And when one of the tribunes replied that it was done by the command of Cassius, then said he, Cassius has saved both me and my country, "'by cutting off one that was laying plots against them both. "'Whether he spake according to his own sentiments, "'or whether his fear was such that he was obliged to commend the action by saying so, "'is uncertain. "'However, by this method Herod inflicted punishment upon Malichus. CHAPTER Twelve: Phasalius is too hard for Felix. Herod also overcomes Antigonus in battle. And the Jews accuse both Herod and Phasalius, but Antonius acquits them, and makes them tetrarchs. One, when Cassius was gone out of Syria, another sedition arose at Jerusalem, wherein Felix assaulted Vespasianus with an army, that he might revenge the death of Malichus upon Herod by falling upon his brother. Now Herod happened then to be with Fabius, the governor of Damascus, and as he was going to his brother's assistance, he was detained by sickness. In the meantime, Vespasianus was by himself too hard for Felix and reproached Hyrcanus on account of his ingratitude, both for what assistance he had afforded Malichus, and for overlooking Malichus's brother, when he possessed himself of the fortress. For he had gotten a great many of them already, and among them the strongest of them all, Masada. 2. However, nothing could be sufficient for him against the force of Herod, who, as soon as he was recovered, took the other fortresses again, and drove him out of Masada in the posture of a supplicant, he also drove away Marion, the tyrant of the Tyrians, out of Galilee, when he had already possessed himself of three fortified places. But as to those Tyrians whom he had caught, he preserved them all alive, nay, some of them he gave presents to, and so sent them away, and thereby procured goodwill to himself from the city, and hatred to the tyrant. Marion had indeed obtained that tyrannical power of Cassius, who set tyrants over all Syria footnote here we see that cassius set tyrants over all syria so that his assisting to destroy caesar does not seem to have proceeded from his true zeal for public liberty but from a desire to be a tyrant himself and footnote and out of hatred to herod it was that he assisted antigonus the son of aristobulus and principally on fabius's account whom antigonus had made his assistant by money and had him accordingly on his side when he made his descent but it was Ptolemy, the kinsman of Antigonus, that supplied all that he wanted. 3. When Herod had fought against these in the avenues of Judea, he was conqueror in the battle, and drove away Antigonus, and returned to Jerusalem, beloved by everybody for the glorious action he had done. For those who did not before favour him did join themselves to him now, because of his marriage into the family of Hyrcanus. For as he had formerly married a wife out of his own country of no ignoble blood, who was called Doris, of whom he begat Antipater, so did he now marry Mariamne, the daughter of Alexander, the son of Aristobulus, and the granddaughter of Hyrcanus, and was become thereby a relation of the king. For but when Caesar and Antony had slain Cassius near Philippi, and Caesar was gone to Italy, and Antony to Asia, amongst the rest of the cities which sent ambassadors to Antony unto Bithynia, the great men of the Jews came also, and accused Phasaelus and Herod, that they kept the government by force, and that Hyrcanus had no more than an honorable name. Herod appeared ready to answer this accusation and having made Antony his friend by the large sums of money which he gave him, he brought him to such a temper as not to hear the others speak against him, and thus did they part at this time. 5. However, after this, there came a hundred of the principal men among the Jews to Daphne by Antioch to Antony, who was already in love with Cleopatra to the degree of slavery. These Jews put those men that were the most potent, both in dignity and eloquence, FOREMOST, AND ACCUSED THE BRETHREN footnote, and Herod. End footnote. But Messala opposed them and defended his brethren, and that while Hyrcanus stood by him, on account of his relation to them. When Antony had heard both sides, he asked Hyrcanus which party was the fittest to govern, who replied that Herod and his party were the fittest. Antony was glad of that answer, for he had been formally treated in an hospitable and obliging manner by his father Antipater when he marched into Judea with Gabinius. So he constituted the brethren tetrarchs, and committed to them the government of Judea. 6. But when the ambassadors had indignation at this procedure, Antony took fifteen of them and put them into custody, whom he was also going to kill presently, and the rest he drove away with disgrace on which occasion a still greater tumult arose at Jerusalem. So they sent again a thousand ambassadors to Tyre, where Antony now abode, as he was marching to Jerusalem. Upon those men who made a clamour he sent out the governor of Tyre, and ordered him to punish all that he could catch of them, and to settle those in the administration whom he had made tetrarchs. 7. But before this, Herod and Hyrcanus went out upon the seashore, and earnestly desired of these ambassadors that they would neither bring ruin upon themselves, nor war upon their native country, by their rash contentions. And when they grew still more outrageous, Antony sent out armed men, and slew a great many, and wounded more of them, of whom those that were slain were buried by Hyrcanus, as were the wounded put under the care of physicians by him. Yet would not those that had escaped be quiet still, but put the affairs of the city into such disorder, and so provoked Antony, That he slew those whom he had in bonds also. End of book one, chapters eleven and twelve.